0: no other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible welcome to simply the Bible
1: the through the Bible teaching program of pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel Treasure Valley today we complete the genealogies of the tribes of Israel and see who inhabited Jerusalem after the Babylonian captivity one thing is clear People matter to God. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 1 Chronicles
0: chapter 6 on Simply the Bible. Today we will do something I've never tried before on this program. We will cover four chapters in 13 minutes. Now that's what I call speed teaching. In the first nine chapters of 1 Chronicles, the author gives us the genealogies of most of the tribes of Israel. It's a whole lot of names, so we will summarize these chapters and pull out the golden nuggets wherever we can. We continue today in 1 Chronicles chapter 6. The tribe of Levi was set apart to worship the Lord and to minister in the temple. From Levi came the priests who presented the sacrifices and burned the incense before the Lord. The three sons of Levi were Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. These formed the three divisions of Levites. From the family of Kohath came Amram, the father of Aaron, Moses, and Miriam. Aaron was the first high priest, and his son Eleazar succeeded him. In the first 15 verses of chapter 6, we are given the names of the high priests from Eleazar to Jehozadak, who was the high priest at the time of the Babylonian captivity. Next, we are given the family tree of Levites, according to their three divisions. We discover that Korah was Moses and Aaron's cousin. He was a Levite, but not a priest. Only the male descendants of Aaron could be priests. Korah was a ringleader in a rebellion against Moses and Aaron. We read in Numbers 16 that they united against Moses and Aaron and said, You have gone too far. The whole community of Israel has been set apart by the Lord, and He is with all of us. What right do you have to act as though you were greater than the rest of the people? Moses answered them, saying, Tomorrow morning the Lord will show whom he has set apart to come near to him. And then he added, You Levites are the ones who have gone too far. You see, Korah and his cohorts were given an honorable position as Levites, serving in the house of the Lord. But it wasn't enough. They wanted the priesthood as well. Selfish ambition and envy combined to produce rebellion. They even convinced 250 leaders in Israel to join them. But the truth was that they weren't revolting against Moses and Aaron. They were revolting against the Lord, who had chosen Moses and Aaron. Dathan and Abiram, who were from the tribe of Reuben, also joined with Korah. But when Moses summoned them, they refused to come. Moses became very angry and told Korah, to return in the morning with the 250 men who were with him and present incense burners, or censers, before the Lord. The next morning, as they gathered before the tabernacle, the Lord's presence appeared. He told Moses, tell all the people to get away from the tents of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Moses warned the people, and they stood back. And Moses said, this is how you will know that the Lord has sent me to do all these things that I have done. If these men die a natural death or if nothing unusual happens, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord does something entirely new and the ground opens its mouth and swallows them and all their belongings and they go down alive into the grave, then you will know that these men have shown contempt for the Lord. Moses had hardly finished speaking when the ground opened up and swallowed these three men with their families, their tents and all their belongings. Then just as suddenly the earth closed up over them, immediately fire came forth from the Lord and consumed the 250 liters with their incense burners. Then the Lord told Moses to take the incense burners from the fire and hammer them into a thin metal sheet to overlay the altar. And it would be a perpetual reminder to the congregation that the Lord had chosen the descendants of Aaron to minister before him as priests. Now in verse 31 through 48, we are given the names of the musicians whom David appointed to serve in the house of the Lord. After David... Brought the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, these musicians would constantly sing praises before the Lord. How wonderful it is to simply listen to praise and worship music throughout the day. I like to have it playing in the background at home, or I'll listen on my smartphone while I'm working in the yard. We were created to worship God, and when you hear music and lyrics that honor Him, it lifts your spirit. It's amazing how it takes your attention off yourself and off your problems as you simply meditate on the Lord and His wisdom, love, and power. A few notable names among these musicians are Asaph, Ethan, and Heman. Asaph was a lead singer and choir director. He is also credited with writing many psalms. Ethan is also known as Jejuthin. He is called the chief musician in three psalms. Finally, there was Heman, a leading singer. Next, the chronicler gives us the names of 12 generations of the sons of Aaron. Verses 54 until the end of chapter 6 lists the names of 48 Levitical cities. These were scattered throughout the 12 tribes of Israel. The wisdom behind this was that no matter where you lived, a priestly city was nearby. The Levites owned the cities along with their surrounding common land that was used for grazing their livestock included in these levitical cities were six cities of refuge three on each side of the jordan river a person who had committed manslaughter that is he unintentionally killed somebody could flee to one of these cities and be protected from the avenger of blood a family member seeking vengeance remember they didn't have a police force or prisons in those days Chapter 7 gives the genealogies for six more tribes of Israel, beginning with Issachar. This primarily focused on the troops in each tribe who were ready for war. Issachar had 87,000 mighty men of valor. Benjamin had 59,434 men of valor. For Naphtali, only five names are listed, the sons of Naphtali. Next is the half-tribe of Manasseh that lived on the west side of the Jordan. Here we are introduced to Zelophehad. Perhaps you'll recall from our study of the book of Numbers that Zelophehad had no sons, but he had five daughters. After he died, his daughters approached Moses and asked if they could receive the inheritance of their father and a possession in the promised land. Normally, this would be passed down to the sons in a family. Moses inquired of the Lord, who said that the daughters of Zelophehad had spoken what was right. It became a law in Israel that if a man had no sons, then his inheritance would pass to his closest family member. Next, we come to the tribe of Ephraim. Ephraim was the largest tribe in the north. In this genealogy, we are introduced to Joshua, the son of Nun, who became Moses' assistant and one of only two adult males who left Egypt in the Exodus and entered the promised land. When the kingdom was divided, after Solomon's reign, Ephraim became the leading tribe in the north. When Omri, the father of Ahab, became king of Israel, he purchased the hill of Samaria in Ephraim and made it the capital city of the northern kingdom. Chapter 7 ends with the tribe of Asher that had 26,000 mighty men of valor. Chapter 8 gives us the line of Benjamin that led to King Saul. Many names are given in this genealogy. When we consider that the first nine chapters of 1 Chronicles are filled to the hilt with names, then we realize how important people are to God the Holy Spirit saw fit to record each of these names in the canon of Scripture. Most of these names are meaningless to us, but not to God. When we consider the nearly 8 billion people on the planet, to us it is a mere mass of humanity, but not to God. Not only does He know your name, but Jesus said that even the hairs of your head are numbered. God keeps the record. God cares about the details of your life. He knows you better than you know yourself. Now, Kish was the father of Saul. Saul had four sons of whom Jonathan was the oldest. Chapter 9 begins with a comment that Judah was led away captive to Babylon because of their unfaithfulness. The chronicler then gives a record of the people who inhabited Jerusalem after the exile people have sometimes referred to the lost tribes of the northern kingdom of Israel. It is true that most of the ten tribes of the northern kingdom were assimilated into the Assyrian culture when they were taken captive into different parts of the Assyrian Empire. But it is clear from this account in 1 Chronicles 9 that when the Jewish Babylonian exiles returned to Jerusalem, there were representatives of several of the tribes of Israel among them. In verse 3, we are told that there were descendants of Benjamin, Ephraim, and Manasseh. Of course, most of those who resettled in Jerusalem were from the tribe of Judah. In verses 10 through 13, the names of the priests are given a total of 1,760 able men for the work of the service of the house of God. They would present the offerings and burn the incense. Next, we have a list of the Levites who assisted the priests and were custodians of the temple. Then there were the Levite gatekeepers whose duty it was to guard the four gates of the house of the Lord, north, south, east, and west. They opened the gates every morning. There were 212 gatekeepers. They also had charge over the chambers and treasuries of the temple. In verse 28, we are told of other responsibilities that were given to the Levites. Serving vessels, furnishings, implements, flour, wine, oil, incense, and spices. All these items were managed by the Levites. Other Levites were assigned the task of baking offerings in pans and preparing the showbread that was changed each Sabbath. As we look at the priests and Levites, we understand that each was assigned a specific duty by God. They were to faithfully execute this duty. When Korah and his cohorts tried to take on more than their assignment, they were engulfed, quite literally. Chapter 9 ends with another account of the family tree of King Saul, probably because the next chapter deals with the epic battle that would take Saul's life, And deliver the kingdom to David. These chapters in 1 Chronicles teach us a good lesson God cares about every person. Today, each believer in Jesus Christ has received at least one spiritual gift. God has called us to various tasks and responsibilities in the church. The Bible says that his gifts and calling are irrevocable. It is sad to see some people striving to be something that God has never gifted or called them to be. But when we discover our gift and calling and are faithful to God and others in doing it, then the body of Christ is beautiful to behold. We build one another up and we glorify God as each member does his or her part. Do you know your gift and calling? If not, then why not pray and ask the Lord to show you your place in His church. Then give yourself wholeheartedly to doing it and watch what happens.
1: You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Next week, we will move away from genealogies and examine the history of Judah, beginning with King Saul's final battle. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of First Chronicles on
0: Simply the Bible.